Welcome to the Irish Baptist College podcast. The Irish Baptist College exists to magnify Christ, advance the gospel, and strengthen the church. We do so by being serious about the Bible, the gospel, and being Baptist. In this podcast, you will enjoy being encouraged in your faith while getting to know the college staff. I'm your host, Davy Ellison. I'm the director of training at the college. And today I'm talking with Dr. Peter Firth. Uh, so it's lovely to have you with us, Peter. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm just going to ask you to introduce yourself. So uh, your family, your interests, uh, home church, your role here in the college, maybe an interesting fact if you can uh, think of one for us. So um, I'll do my best. <laughs> intro- introduce yourself uh, to us. Yes. Uh, well, Peter Firth, I'm married to uh, Lindsay. We have four uh, grown up children, three of them out of the house now, one still in the house, but uh, hopefully after the summer we'll be going off to uh, university. And in terms of interests, well, I'm interested in a lot of things. Uh, I, mean, I love reading, uh, like walking, always love sports, like taking part in sports as well. Um, in my younger years, certainly very athletic. And particularly liked uh, ball games, uh, so football, rugby, tennis, and uh, so on. At present, my um, home church is the Windsor Baptist Church in Belfast, and my role in the college is I'm a New Testament lecturer, which uh, requires me to do a lot of teaching on um, different books of the New Testament and also uh, introduce and teach students the Greek language. Excellent, excellent. I don't think I ever realised that you were such a big fan of sport. Uh, mm-hmm. So ball sports, anyone in particular stand out as the favourite? Uh, well, in my up? younger years, it was always football. Just mad about football and uh, uh, played on, on, on different uh, teams in school and outside uh, school. Continue that interest. Uh, obviously, would like to be... Uh, uh, fitter than I am <laughs> and things, but uh, it's a good way to relax, I find. Great. Yeah, definitely. And uh, watching along now um, rather than playing? Watching along now and particularly, uh, you know, my daughter, Bethany, who's a Paralympic champion. Hmm. And um, as a result of that, I suppose uh, one interesting thing is that we've uh, managed to uh, go to Buckingham Palace and spend a very pleasant morning there in the company of some members of the royal family. Excellent. Yeah, not everybody can say they've done that. And uh, with your daughter, you've obviously uh, had an interest in swimming now as well as ball games. Oh, so. yes. <laughs> I'm not as good as she is. <laughs> I don't think I ever will be. Excellent. Excellent. Well, the most important thing about you, Peter, obviously, is uh, the fact that you're a Christian. Um, so I was wondering if I could ask you just about your conversion experience and if you could um, share something of that with us. Yes, I mean, I was brought up uh, in the town of Bangor, um, raised in a, in a loving and a, and a good home environment. Uh, we attended church, but I don't think we would uh, have called ourselves committed Christians at that particular time. Uh, we went along to church as children on sufferance and uh, <laughs> were made to go to the Sunday school as well. And uh, I never really enjoyed uh, Sundays, um, particularly Sunday afternoons. 
uh, when I had to go to the Sunday school classes because there was a very important football um, program on on Sunday afternoons and it always annoyed me that I was missing this program <laughs> and then going out afterwards to play football with my uh, friends. Um, however, when I uh, went into uh, secondary school, it was in Bangor Grammar, it was there that I came into contact with uh, the with the gospel, I think really for um, the first time um, and came into contact with committed Christians. And as a result of that, I was invited to a number of camps which were run for boys. And there the gospel was explained very, very simply. I came under conviction of sin in my mid-teens and um, realized that I needed uh, the Lord Jesus as my Saviour and Lord and made that personal commitment. Mm. Um, nothing dramatic happened as such. Uh, there was an inward sense of peace uh, with God and um, those folk that I went to camp with certainly encouraged me afterwards uh, in terms of going along to meetings that were specifically designed for, for young Christians and encouraged me to, to read uh, good Christian um, books. Um, when I became a Christian, uh, I went back to the, the family church, but wasn't really getting an awful lot out of it. Found the, the preaching difficult to follow. Uh, and then some friends uh, suggested, why don't you come along and join us? And they were going to the Baptist church, Hamilton Road Baptist Church at the time. The pastor then was Herbert Carson. Mm. And um, some people uh, have said Herbie was a, a preacher's preacher, and I can understand that. Uh, but it did have a very good youth group and uh, we met on Friday nights on a regular basis and I had some super leaders there who um, discipled me and also encouraged me to go along to a Sunday afternoon group which was a crusader group in one of the, the main halls in the town and that was very beneficial as well. So I was meeting Christians who weren't only Baptists, but from other churches too. Mm. And I find that uh, a healthy thing. Very good. Very good. Hi. Um, let me just follow up a little bit on that, because uh, I think becoming a Christian as a teenager, is maybe teenage years are often very difficult and lots going on there. Um, what was that difficult becoming a Christian? And uh, as a teenager, and then I suppose following on from that, how did the, your family react um, with that change that came about and the fact that you then changed churches? Were they supportive in that and understood that? Or was that a bit of a challenge as a teenager to, to think that through? Yes, I think once you start to take the claims of Christ uh, seriously, um, people are going to notice uh, a change in your life and in your lifestyle as well. Um, it affects, I think, the way that you speak and the way that you maybe respond to people and people could see that. Some activities you decide are not going to continue doing that any longer um, and so on. And you do sometimes uh, gravitate away from some friendships that you think 
it's really not going to be that helpful to me mm. as a Christian and move towards new friendships. So I was finding that uh, to be the case, um, although I certainly didn't give up completely. Um, hanging around with, with non-Christians and uh, obviously wanted to witness to them and share my faith. Not all accepted it, of course. Um, in terms of the home situation, um, yeah, my mother noticed changes, uh, small changes, I suppose we might say. Um, I suppose before being a Christian, um, little things like when I got out of bed in the morning, it wouldn't bother making it, but I would find that it was made when I came home from school and my mother did that for me. Uh, but then when I became a Christian, I felt a bit convicted about that and thought, no, I'm not going to leave that to mum. I'll start to make my bed myself and keep my room tidy and things like that. And then I was sort of taught to to kneel when praying. And a few times she walked into the room when I was on my knees praying and she would say, oh, sorry, sorry about that. And I says, no problem, mum, come on in. Um, so little things like that. Mm. And of course, at the side of my bed, now a Bible was uh, resting mm. and Christian books around and mothers pick up on these things very quickly yeah. and began to realize that, you know, a change has taken place in my son's life and was interested to know uh, exactly what that change was. Mm. I mean, she suspected, of course. Yeah. Uh, now that I'm going out to church meetings and so on, I'm taking this very seriously. <laughs> uh, even though she would go to church occasionally, you know, mm. it was more out of show, I think, than anything else. Um, but just a change in behavior um, reflected on the rest of the family. Mm. Um, I was the first in the family to uh, become a Christian. And I can well remember when I was 17 years of age, I felt um, very concerned, particularly for my for my dad. I'm also concerned for my mom as well, but particularly for my, my dad, who was working very hard. He was a businessman and sort of worked all the hours that God would send you. Mm. He did reasonably well in business too. But uh, we came to his birthday it was always difficult to know what to buy the man who's got everything. <laughs> so I thought this year, well, you know, I have just managed to save up enough money to buy an NIV. And the NIV had just come out at that mm. point. And I thought to myself, I'd like to buy my father a Bible, a Bible that he could understand. Because mm. I was brought up in the King James Version. And I find that very difficult mm. as a young person, uh, just the language and so on. Um then I gravitated towards the good news and then on to the NIV. And I thought, well, if I give my dad a Bible and I give him some study notes, that would maybe help him. <laughs> so we're all gathered around the evening, uh, around the table at evening time, um, having a birthday meal. And all the other gifts come out, you know, that you would normally give to a father and so on. And mine was last and there was just silence <laughs> around the table when he opened it up and looked at it and said, it's a Bible. <laughs> and uh, I was all pleased about it. <laughs> thought this is great. And it was an awkward moment for the rest of them yeah. and so on. But afterwards, uh, he said, son, thank you so much for that. I'm mm. going to start to read it. 
Brilliant. And um, a few years later on, he committed his life to the Lord Jesus Christ, as did my mother. Brilliant. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Excellent. That's so insightful and really appreciate you sharing that with us, Peter. Um, sometimes whenever we think about our testimonies, we make the mistake of thinking conversion is that's it. You know, we share our testimony and conversion's it. Um, but it's not. We continue to grow and mature as Christians. And in fact, that's a key aim here in the college, not just to simply educate people, but to see them formed in Christ and uh, to grow in Christian character. So I wonder, uh, are there any individuals that come to mind for you in your Christian life that have been particularly helpful or had a, a positive impact on your Christian formation? Uh, and if there are, what were the kind of things that they did that helped you along in your Christian life? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. There have been many people who have helped me in life's journey and have helped me to grow in my knowledge and understanding of the Lord and to develop uh, in my relationship with the Lord. Um, I'll mention one, first of all, just an unknown character, a man by the name of uh, Harry McAllister. Harry McAllister attended the uh, Baptist Church in Bangor for many, many years. He worked in Harland and Wolfe shipyard. Mm. Um, most of his working life was spent there and he was a riveter. And I met him at the church prayer meeting and he had a great sense of humour and he invited me back to his house. And at the time he was living with his with his wife. Um, he was retired at that particular point. But um, the one book that he loved to read, of course, was the Bible. Mm. And he studied it um, very, very diligently and made notes and loved to share scriptures and things that he had learnt with others in the church. And that coloured his his prayers. And I was always impressed by the way this man prayed. Mm. Um, he just prayed scripture. Mm-hmm. And in such a, a refreshing um, and, and meaningful way. And I spent a lot of time with him. And he was very pleased to have a, a young lad... Uh, young lad's company Mm. and to share his faith with me and it did me a world of good he helped me to understand better how to how to read the bible he gave me i think a great a greater love for the bible Mm. we talked about scripture and i would ask him questions and he would seek to answer them the best that he could and he just helped me in the whole area of being disciplined when it comes to reading uh, the word of god Others, of course, were my youth leaders. Mm. Very, very grateful to them. Uh, they're, they're still playing significant role in um, Hamilton Road Church. Mm. Uh, guys like Andy Brown uh, there. And just their example and their willingness to um, give me opportunity to, to speak, to lead meetings and so on. That was very much appreciated. And of course, just their wisdom and their understanding of Scripture was very, very helpful. After I finished um, grammar school, I went over to study in Bristol. And whilst I was there in uh, Bristol, I went along to a church, uh, which was Kensington Baptist. And um, 
there was an American pastor there by the name of Wayne Detzler, Dr. Wayne Detzler. Okay. He's written a few books, and he was particularly, and uh, this is kind of noteworthy, he was particularly interested in the Greek language. A particular <laughs> point, I hadn't a clue about the Greek language, but he wrote a number of books picking up on Greek words and developing them and so on. But he was, for me, just an, an excellent preacher, mm. handling the Word of God, making it very simple and being very clear and challenging in his application of God's word. Mm. And uh, I learned a, a great deal from him. And he was a very good pastor. Uh, he took a lot of time with students, mm. chatting with them and encouraging them. And I greatly appreciated that, particularly um, when I was away from home yeah. and, and in Bristol. I didn't know a lot of people. Um, both he and his wife spent a great deal of time uh, with me, welcoming me, nurturing me and so on. Yeah. And then, you know, I give you a whole list of people, but um, it would be remiss of me not to mention the fact that when I finished my first time at IBC, um, I got the opportunity to work as an assistant with, with Derek Prime uh, at, at Charlotte Baptist Church in Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. And that was a tremendous privilege uh, just to spend time with him and, and to watch him, to learn from him and to see how he lived his life. And so many things impressed me uh, about him, in particular, um, his prayer life again. Mm. Uh, he just prayed about everything and uh, he demonstrated such grace in the way that he spoke to people mm. and in the way that he responded to difficult situations in the church. Mm. Um, so I had a very good relationship with him. And I mean, he's sorely missed. And I'm not yeah. the only one. Um, he took on many young men yeah. and gave them that three year opportunity of learning mm. um, from him and being his assistant. So those are just some of the people that stand out in my mind as I, I think about it today. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that's a common theme as I've talked to the other staff members. There's just so many people, too many to name, and um, impacted in lots of different ways. Um, but those are some helpful examples um, for, for us to, to learn from. You you mentioned earlier that one of your interests is reading. Um, so we're not all, all only shaped by people who are in our lives, but we're also shaped by what we read uh, as well. I wonder, could you share two or three books with us that have been particularly helpful for you um, in your Christian life? And maybe just mention one or two things of, of why they were, were helpful or how exactly they've helped you. Well, I mean, just so many books. I'd have to say that really uh, my interest in reading just took off when I became a Christian. Mm. Uh, before that, uh, I was just interested in reading sports journals and the football magazine and so on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can relate to that, Peter. It wasn't until my conversion that I started reading as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I was thinking about this. I'll just mention a couple at this particular stage. Um, I've always been a fan of biographies and autobiographies. I love mm. reading them. And very impressed by George Mueller's autobiography. Okay. And I've read a number of biographies as well relating to uh, George Mueller. 
Um, I, of course, spent uh, some time in Bristol, so yeah. I came into contact with the, with the Mueller homes and so on when I was studying there and was just amazed at his story and his desire to show not just the, the, the citizens of Bristol, but the world that God is alive and real mm. and you can have a personal relationship with him. Mm. And he's working in the world today um, through these homes and providing for the children in these homes yeah. as well as in other ways. And Mueller, of course, kept a, a prayer journal. Mm. And uh, I read that and I was particularly struck by his comments relating to his devotional life. And of course, he was a pastor himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but his normal practice was um, to begin the morning in prayer and then reading the Word of God, but admits that prayer became a struggle to him uh, just to concentrate and to keep fresh. And I recognize that as well. Uh, I mean, I followed that model too in, in the early years and I could identify with what he was saying. And then he, he talks about a, a change in his pattern where he began the day with just a very brief prayer and then uh, studied a passage of scripture. And then out of that study, uh, conversed with the Lord Mm. on the basis of the study Mm. and uh, for him that revolutionized his his prayer life his his devotional life and so I thought you know I'm going to try that myself and I mean I can testify that it has done the same for me Mm. and it brings that freshness uh, to your devotional life and and uh, just helps you to grow in your understanding of the word. Because mm. when you're praying through scripture, I think that's a very important process as well. It helps mm. you to think it through. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, you know, you can get uh, fresh insights onto it uh, as well. So that stands out for me. Um, yeah. That really helped in my devotional life. Mm. Uh, reading about a man who... Um, whose name is synonymous with prayer mm-hmm. as well as with faith and uh, to see that this was an approach that he took that he found to be very helpful Yeah, and I mean others have talked about this as well but it was for me I only came across it the first time when I read uh, George Mueller's autobiography yeah. and read his journal as well that was the first Uh, book that came to mind. I suppose the second book that stood out for me in the early years um, was uh, the life story of um, Robert Murray McShane by Andrew Boner. Mm. And I was just so impressed um, by uh, McShane's uh, passion for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, of course, revisited the book several times when I went to Edinburgh. (laughs) And I made a few journeys up to Dundee as well uh, there. But, you know, um, uh, McShane has uh, this uh, statement, Lord, make me as holy as a pardoned sinner can be made. Mm. And that greatly challenged me. Um, Just the importance of 
holiness in the Christian life mm. and to, to continue to uh, pursue holiness. And mm. of course, um, he lived in the 19th century, you know, um, I was born in the 20, 20th century, now 21st century, very different world indeed. Yeah. But I would like to think that, you know, um, sharing that same passion uh, for the Lord and mm. to reflect the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ in every area of life. Mm. Great. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, I have to um, agree with George Mueller. Um, I didn't get this from him, but someone once gave me the advice so, of praying scriptures, one of the best things you can do for your prayer life. And Obviously, it uh, resonates with, with what you've been sharing, and I can testify to the benefit that's been uh, to me as well. Well, let's try to uh, round off our, our conversation today, Peter. I'm going to ask you for two pieces of advice. Um, so the first piece of advice, perhaps someone's listening to us today, and uh, they want to be a godly influence on others. They've listened to the examples you've mentioned, and they, they think they want to do that for someone else, for a younger Christian they want to help them. Um, what piece of advice would you give to someone who, who wants to be a godly influence on others? Well, I think that's a, that's a very noble aspiration. Um, I guess one thing that immediately springs to mind is this, and again, we could talk about many, many things today, but mm. it would be, don't pretend to be something that you're not. Just be honest and authentic mm. with the person that you're seeking to to mentor. Mm. I mean, I've had experiences in my Christian life of chatting with older men and them almost giving the impression that um, the Christian life is a breeze, no difficulties, you know, <laughs> there's never a time when you fail or let the Lord down <laughs> and so on. But, but we all do yeah. many times. And yeah. just to be honest enough and humble enough to say, listen, I haven't got it all together, mm. but I have been on the journey maybe a little longer than you, and I've learned a few things about the Lord that mm. I think would be helpful, and maybe just to share those things in a, an honest and transparent way. I think if you're coming at it from that attitude, um, you'd be much more effective. Yeah, and while we can't read each other's hearts and minds, we can certainly tell whether someone's being genuine or not very quickly, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, perhaps then there's someone else listening and they find themselves the other end of the scale. Maybe they, they feel their weaknesses, they feel their feelings, and they, they want to find someone who can be a benefit to them. They want to seek out an individual to kind of latch themselves onto in a good way. Um what, a, what piece of advice would you give to them as they seek someone to disciple them, guide them, teach them uh, in the Christian life? Well, obviously, I mean, uh, one thing would be someone of the same sex, of course. It'd be important <laughs> to say <laughs> that. But um, yeah. I also think uh, when, you're, when you're thinking about it, obviously you're going to make it a matter of prayer. Mm. Um, and you will have no doubt observed the person first of all. I think you need to uh, connect with someone that you feel comfortable with. Mm. That you you feel there's a connection there. 
um, because you want to obviously spend time with them. You want to feel, you know, you can open up about things that, mm. and, you know, it's going to be kept in confidence mm. um, and so on. So, yeah, I think that would be particularly important, someone that you feel comfortable with mm. um, and, and relaxed about. Yeah, um, someone who you can form a natural rapport with rather than kind of forcing yourself to yeah to make that friendship. That's right, mm. that's right. I mean, again, I've met many, many fine Christians, but um, they can be difficult to connect with just mm. on a purely social level. Yeah. Um, and and you need that basic level of person to person, one to one, sit and relax, have a cup of coffee, and, and chat about things. Not only chat about Christian things, but non Christian things as well. Yeah. The whole whole of life, uh, and and feel that you know I'm safe with this person, mm. and they're not going to judge me, not going to make me feel small. Yeah. Um, they're going to obviously uh, point out maybe where I'm going wrong and help me, uh, you know. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully, you know, but at the same time, they're going to encourage me along the way. Mm. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time, Peter. It's been great to, to sit and chat to you today. And uh, thank you for listening to the Irish Baptist College podcast. To find out more about the college, visit our web- website irishbaptistcollege.org you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter and please join us again next time